We had an awesome Thanksgiving, and we hope you did too. WWE Survivor Series was absolutely fantastic, and we were very surprised. Lots of tech news this week, lots of new movie trailers to talk about, but our main story tonight is called Preparing to Download, and it's about replacing physical media with digital downloads, and how that's kind of annoying. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Concession Stand, episode number 13. I am your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How you doing, sir? I am doing great, and here we go. The final Stone Cold Salute of November. I said give me a hell yeah. Ah, delicious. Ah. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we just got done with some pretty awesome holidays. Yours much, much more awesome than mine. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Tell me about your trip. Uh, yes. As if you guys have been listening, it's Nick went on a epic, epic vacation uh, that I has long overdue. I've uh, spent 10 days on the road with the girlfriend. We went to Turks and Caicos for a week. We went to see my family for Thanksgiving. We went to see her family for Thanksgiving. And I came back and it was just, oh, God, I'm back in my apartment alone in Los Angeles. I don't want to be here. And everything's back to normal now because we're podcasting, but that it was a weird kind of sensation of depression that you go through. But Turks and Caicos is amazing. Highly recommended as a destination for any kind of holidays and whatnot. And especially if you look into the Club Med deals uh, where it's all inclusive and everything, you show up and you just have a good time. Uh, super fantastic. Can't uh, can't rave about it enough. How about you, sir? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, just like I described in our last episode, uh, it was it was Thanksgiving with friends and family right here in warm and sunny Los Angeles uh, in my fr- friend Matt's backyard. Uh, kids were there. We had a great time. Uh, the Blackhawks were in town for Thanksgiving weekend, so we got to go see them, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I do have one story that's not really food-related, but it kind of is. So uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, uh, went to pick up some sushi at a local place that's right by my house. Um, my daughter, who's four, loves raw salmon, and I, I think that's kind of strange. <laughs> okay. Daddy, I want some fish. Okay. Uh, so we went and got some, and she she eats fish, but the other, my wife doesn't, and my daughter, or the other daughter doesn't, but she likes sushi, and I like sushi, right? So I go to pick it up at the at the place, and uh, just before I leave, I have to go to the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom, and, and there's the urinal, and the urinal is full of ice, and I've seen that in a number of places. I've seen it in bars. <laughs> And I've seen it, you know, and I've never really put together why that is. So after after using said urinal, and there's something kind of fun about that when you're trying to melt the ice with the temperature of your urine. And I, I feel like there's like a, a hidden game there that just hasn't been tapped into. Do you know why they do uh, ice in a urinal? I'm, I'm dying to know. Well, apparently it's a cheaper version than putting the urinal cake in there. Uh, where you can, uh, I guess, uh, avoid the smell of such urine. Okay. Uh, and by uh, by melting the ice, you are actually diluting the urine and then uh, uh, taking the smell away. So there is your fun fact. If you've ever wondered why there is a bunch of ice in a urinal, if you go into a bar or a restaurant, or maybe you could even do it in your own home, that's why. And I had to go to the Google machine to find that out. <laughs> so that was my uh, epiphany. Over Thanksgiving, that, so there that, you go. that was how. You, so I asked you how your Thanksgiving was, and you told me about eating eating raw fish and pissing in ice. I told on you. Urinals. I told you about the fun story of turkey <laughs> and family, and we had a, we actually had a pinata in my buddy's backyard that was larger. There you go. Larger than my four year old daughter. You've seen some pictures of that. That was quite an right. event. But 
the thing for some reason that stuck in my <laughs> mind was why the hell is there a bunch of ice in the urinal? Did the ice machine like overflow? And like, we got to figure out somewhere to put it. It can't go in people's drinks. Let's throw it in the urinal. I always wondered why that was. And I guess I never really cared enough to find out. But this weekend, damn it, I wanted to know. And so now I know. Now you know. Our listeners who may not have known now know. So if I've educated you in any way, (laughs) I feel like I've done a good service. Well, it's all fun and games until the ice concaves a certain way and it shoots your pee back at you. (laughs) Um, That didn't uh, happen. When thermodynamics comes into play, it's uh, yay physics. Well, see, I I was going with the science of it, and you just took it to a whole other level. (laughs) Uh, That has never happened to me, I promise. I... That I have no experience with that whatsoever. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> listen, the, the uh, apart from some amazing eating and some awesome football that took place last weekend, uh, we had Survivor Series on Sunday. We did. So let's take a second and break that down. Break it down. Yes, Survivor Series was built up to be the Goldberg versus Lesnar show, but. As awesome as that match was to see that happen, this was a really freaking awesome pay-per-view all in, all together. Yeah, and it's about time. They, they've really not really delivered on, on some of the stuff they've been doing in the last couple of months. It's been the Raw pay-per-view and the SmackDown pay-per-view, and this guy wins, and that guy wins, and it didn't really matter. And we finally get this main event like we're talking about. But you're right. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I think the five-on-five Raw versus SmackDown old Survivor Series-style match, and you and I actually watched that last night because you didn't have access to it right and the islands yeah. where where you had to just sit on the <laughs> yeah, you had to sit on the beach and drink beer at the club man the whole time you couldn't watch survivor series so you and i got to watch it together last night and i just kept my mouth shut and just let you watch it tell me what you thought uh, i think that might be one of the best wrestling matches i've ever seen wow. ever okay uh i think it was i thought last year's survivor series with ziggler pulling off the near upset um and he got down to like it was three on one or something like that, and he just pinned two additional guys. I can't remember how it ended, but I think he ended up pulling it off. I, I don't know. My point is, is that having those ten superstars, arguably the ten most prolific people in wrestling today, uh, all in the ring at the same time, all working as teams together at the same time, was probably one of the most enjoyable acrobatic mat wrestling experiences I think I've ever seen. It was really that good. It had a bit of everything. It had high spots of like guys jumping off of top ropes and doing flips on a, a bunch of groups of guys. It had guys going through a table. It had Shane McMahon jumping across the ring and getting speared and probably knocking himself out when his head hit the hit the uh, the mat. And he this was, after he dove off the top rope onto the announce table. Correct. Um, on Braun Strowman, wasn't it? You had a shield reunion uh, of yes. sorts. Uh, you had Ellsworth getting thrown through a table. Uh, and again, you had all of these guys about to hit their finishers, and the finishers would get reversed. You had an RKO coming out of nowhere. Everything within probably, what was it, probably a 45-minute match, maybe less. It but, was, yeah, but, it was long. But it, there weren't any like dull moments in it. It, no. was, it was spot after spot after cool moment after cool moment after cool moment, and they got to rest for a little bit, and when two guys would rest, two more guys would come in and fight each other. And it just kept going, and it was entertaining up until the very last second. And I guess the last second was entertaining, but yes. it was it, when we finally got the one, two, three, it was it was like when you saw Mad Max and that movie ended and you're just like, oh, because like that movie just is like, just kicks you in the nuts the entire time you're watching. It was the same thing with this match and I I just I was 
thrilled at what we got to see. I remember having three or four just holy shit moments yeah. in that match. And you're and, lucky to get one, but you yeah. get three or four, like you said, and man, it was just great. The the last thing I'll say about the five-on-five five is just they've got to stop trying to push Roman Reigns over. It's done. Move on. He's not going to get there ever. He's not good on the mic. He looks like a doofus when he's trying to talk. Uh, just his smug kind of personality is never going to get there. The best thing they could do with him is turn him heel, but Vince is never going to do it. But I, I think, I think even if they tried to do that, I just don't know if it would work. I think people wouldn't. It's believe, too late. They wouldn't believe. It's it. too far gone. They wouldn't believe it, and yeah. they wouldn't. And the thing is, you, you, you know, the the bad guy is the guy you have to hate, and everybody hates Reigns anyway. So once you turn him into a bad guy, it's like, oh, now he's a bad guy. Yeah, we say we hate mm. him even more, yeah. but not for the right reasons. Right. Um, we have to talk about Goldberg and Lesnar for a quick minute. Wow. Um, wow. Like a, no pun, well, pun intended, actually. It was a quick minute and 27 seconds or something like that. 87 seconds, yeah. 87 seconds that that match lasted, and it was pushed Brock down, Brock got up, spear, spear, jackhammer. Done. One, two, three, that's, done. That's it, and that was and the main event, and the crowd was just bananas. They're just like, what? Oh, my God. And we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. You know, it was something that everybody was looking forward to. We thought it was going to be a big back-and-forth match. We didn't think Goldberg was going to win. You know, no. they set up the whole family thing, which would be a perfect opportunity for the Beast to destroy him and destroy his family, and Goldberg goes back home, blah, 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 takes his paycheck. But we got the absolute opposite of that. We got WCW Goldberg squash match on arguably – the guy that you cannot take down. And he pushed Lesnar down to the ground within the first 20 seconds of that match. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the first thing they did. Um, the last thing I'll say about it is the next night on uh, Raw after Survivor Series, Goldberg opens up the show by coming out and giving the opening promo. And he tells a story about how after the match, as glorious as it was, um, and he him getting his one last jackhammer, his one last spear in, Stephanie McMahon stopped him behind the curtain and says, well, you got those done. Have you got one last title run in you? Wow. And Goldberg says, you bet your ass I do. And, you know, the crowd, again, lost. they're still in Toronto, lost their minds. So apparently Goldberg has now, he's the first man that's entered into the 2017 Royal Rumble. And he, he had a funny line that says, everybody that's in Royal Rumble, you're all next. <laughs> you know, just to play it up a bit, but... Yeah, we're going to have more Goldberg, apparently. And we're going to have Lesnar in that match, too, so maybe that's a revenge thing. So we'll see. But uh, they've definitely got me interested in Raw again, which we had been talking for weeks about how Raw was not interesting at all, and they were terrible, 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 terrible. And then they follow up that with the main event on that Raw. This is, again, not last night or two nights ago, but the week before, right after Survivor Series, with a five-star match right again. With uh, with Rollins and Kevin Owens, no DQ match, which was another... Like, For the title. Right, which was a, a main event pay-per-view style match on Raw, the night after a pay-per-view. So everybody got their money's worth, even though they didn't really pay for Raw unless they're cable subscribers. But right. wow, knocked it out of the park. I can't wait till they figure out how to just ditch the cable networks and do everything on uh, streaming on the WWE network. I don't think we're too far away from that. Uh, but that's what pays the bills, uh, ultimately. So... It's it's going to be one of those things where uh, we could get more of that kind of content, pay-per-view style content, if they did it week to week on the, the streaming, the WWE Network. But I think that in order to keep those going week after week after week, there has to be some kind of uh, buildup and suspense and storyline and all this stuff, which brings me to the last point, right? Speaking of week after week after week, right. <sighs> we're, we're, we're two weeks removed from Survivor Series. And this Sunday, we're already having another pay-per-view, Table Sliders and Chairs, TLC, on December 4th. This coming Sunday, three days from now, four days from now. We just had we had the last of the big four 
uh, of the year, and we're already having another paper, which I always thought Tables, Ladders, and Chairs was one of my favorite ones because it was more of the ECW style of uh, of those kinds of things. That hard, and Money the in hard, the Bank, right? Yeah, the hardcore match and yeah. a bunch of like, oh, my goodness moments, and yeah. he's broken in half, man. <laughs> he's busted him in open, wide open. <laughs> uh, but this, this begs you, and the irony is, is that all the championships are on the line again. Like, we just had all these fights within the last two weeks, and within a month, we're going to put them all. And Raw, they did it again, right? They put the universe. So we're having this more common, more frequent fighting champions, I guess is the best way to say it. And I Part of me is kind of okay with that. I'm okay with that. I just don't like the, the pay-per-view overexposure. It just it takes away the special yeah. element of it. What did I call it the other week? Pay-per-view fatigue. Sure, and, right? and, I, and maybe that's a way to, again, get more subscribers to the network because you get those for free. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know that's 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 a lot of a lot of wrestling talk there. We wanted to open up because of Survivor Series, so we talk about uh, wrestling first here. But uh, let's move on to some tech. So Directv was bought by AT and T a couple of years ago, and now recently they've had the big merger with the Time Warner content. So here's the thing: uh, AT and T is now trying to get into the streaming uh, cord cutting game using their Directv brand which I think is rather interesting. So they're offering a streaming DirecTV called DirecTV Now, which launched today. Uh, They announced it, I think, last week that it was coming, and then they had a big press conference about it. Um, Here's the basics. You can stream DirecTV. They have four tiers of of price packages that, you know, the more, just like their satellite service, you get certain channels and you pay this much, and then you get some more channels and you get this much, blah, 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 right? Right? Here's the thing. For $35, you get 100 channels, many of them which you would want, uh, and it's just a streaming service. You don't have to have satellite. You don't have to have this. The catch is it doesn't have DVR functionality. They say that's coming in 2017. Uh, it, you can only stream to two devices. Um, so well, Why does that matter? I, I don't know, but the, other, the, the PlayStation View, this is a direct competition with PlayStation View and Sling TV. Um, but you've got the DirecTV brand behind it, and you've got all these television networks and everything. Everybody's signing up. Uh, if you sign up for three months right off the bat at the $35 price point, they will give you an Apple TV. If you sign up for one month, they will give you an Amazon Fire TV, giving you the ability to stream this thing at home. If you are an AT&T cell phone subscriber, you can watch all of these DirecTV Now programs on your phone, on your tablet, whatever, on a cellular network, and it doesn't go against your data. Wow. So they're, they're- so remember what we were talking about with the cons- – <clears throat> the consolidation of everything that was happening. And remember I was saying it was all about the data yep. ultimately. Yep. And I think that's what they're going to use that as leverage to get uh user or people to start buying all of these. So you're going to have your cell phone, your television and your data, so your internet service all with the same company now. And AT&T is a perfect company to do yep. that with whether or not you go with streaming or if you go with the, uh, the satellite service, you know, they've got the gigabit, Internet service, which doesn't exist here in LA, but I think you told me your parents just signed up for something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's rolling out across the East Coast. I think we'll ha- it'll probably be nationwide by the end of next year, by this time next year. But for me, this is, and I've been talking about, yeah, I should cut the cord, yeah, I should cut the cord, but I like DirecTV and I like DirecTV. Like, this is basically what I've been waiting for. Yeah. It has all the channels I want. Well, it might not have Disney Junior. It's got Disney Junior. It might not have Cartoon Network. It's got tar- Cartoon Network. Here's what it doesn't have it doesn't have CBS, which means it doesn't have Showtime. But guess what? If you have an over-the-air antenna, HD antenna, for 35 bucks or whatever it costs you to buy one of those, you got CBS. Yep. 
the 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 caveat is again you can't DVR like you like for me if I go from being a Directv satellite subscriber to being a streaming subscriber number one I'm going to save about a hundred bucks a month that's twelve hundred dollars a year that's a lot of money mm-hmm. um, then the other thing becomes well do I need to have a, a, a strong internet connection to do that probably but if you're already paying for internet why do you need to be spending an extra hundred dollars to have satellite service if you can just get the same exact programming and yes you can't pause it and yes you can't rewind it. But who cares? Who cares? Uh, so I'm to assuming me, to me this is a no brainer. Talk me out of this if you can. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, and and I think I started to at the the hockey game earlier. So uh, I would I would say to anybody that first of all the thing I want to address is is this is going to probably be delivered in an app on the Apple TV in your phones, much like the Sunday Ticket Fine. new services. Fine, cool. You open up the Direct TV Now app and you have a listing of channels and programs or whatever, right? Um, the second thing that I'll say is. I would challenge anybody that's considering this, including yourself, to go and look at the actual shows that you watch. Forget the channels. It is hard. I get it. I understand. You are so we are so programmed to live and die by channels and numbers when the reality is is what we want is the content, the show itself regardless of what channel it's on. So I would challenge you to go look through your DVR recording schedule at the individual shows themselves that you care about, and I would bet you that 90 to 95% of them are on Hulu already. Okay. And that's eleven ninety nine a month. Which I already get. And it's streaming, and I, I can't remember the last time I gave two shits about DVR. It was at least three to four years ago because everything that I watch is instantly available on Hulu via streaming. And if it's not... I, I don't care enough about it, right? And if I also, like, Deadliest Catch might be the one exception to all of that that I said, and I buy that on the iTunes store every year for 29 whatever it is for the season for 30 bucks. That's it. Everything else is is available via via streaming at this point. You can make some arguments for live sports. I get that. But I already get that separately. But you get through the MLB the, yeah, network. You get the NHL network. You get yeah, Sunday Ticket for NFL. All those individual things are out there. So, do the, I would challenge you to and the, the listeners to do the due diligence and see. I bet you could cover almost all of your bases, if not all of your bases, just by doing a $12 Hulu subscription and get the exact same thing you are after. Well, speaking of streaming content, uh, Netflix dropped a pretty big bombshell today. Uh, boom. <laughs> uh, they are now finally, finally going to allow offline downloading. Yes. So... This is a big deal for those of us that kind of live in airplanes a lot and want travel a lot and are not always connected, but they're going to start it with the original programming starting today. So already available are their shows like House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, The Crown, Narcos, etc. Stranger Things. Stranger Things is probably the biggest one on that list. So yeah, you'll be able to download this now, and they're saying more and more will be opened. I'm assuming there's licensing rights and stuff they have to deal with for all that kinds of stuff, but uh, that's a pretty big one. I mean... We've been begging for that one for years now. Yeah. I can't remember a bigger thing that people have asked Netflix for than offline downloading. Amazon has been doing it for a while, and I was surprised that Netflix hadn't been. And now they've just jumped on board with their stuff, too. So it's it's just keeping up with the Joneses, as they say. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the other providers, uh, Google apparently wants to play in the brick-and-mortar marketplace. Oh. That's an interesting one. So all of a sudden now Google is showing up in Best Buy stores. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read that. So, you know, when you go into a Best Buy, there's like the 
Microsoft section, and there's the Samsung section, and there's the Apple section, and then there's like a dude that's like in charge of each of those little right. areas in like the computer tech area. So now there's a Google one. So Google guy is going to be in there and be like, hey, guess what? Get a For fix. what? Chromebooks and, and Pixels? Pixels? And I, that Home Assistant? I, I, I don't know. We'll see how that plays. That seems rather backwards to the way things that, A, that Google's always done it, and B, the trend of having things go away from the brick and mortars. Uh, yeah, I agree. Speaking of Apple, the uh, the saga continues with the battery issues, by the way. Uh, over the course of the holidays, it happened three to four more times over the last week or so. And where I would be playing on my phone and it would get to, I'd see 22% and then black and it would power completely off. And when you try to power it back on, you get the red dead battery warning signal and the, the little dongle he wants you to plug in. That's thing on your screen. You know exactly what I'm talking about if you're an yep. iPhone person. Yep. Uh, so the, you know, I saw it do it at 14%. I saw it do it at 22%. So this is, I don't know what's wrong. And there's some articles that have come out that says there's a lot of people having this problem with iOS 10.1.1, the latest version that's out there. I've tried pushing, forcing reset updates, just completely wiping the phone, still having the exact same issue. So I'm convinced at this point it's nothing to do with the hardware and it's everything to do with the version of iOS. Right. It's nothing to do with your individual phone if there's other people having the exact same problem is what you're saying. Correct. Exactly. So there, I don't think there's anything faulty. Like I said a few weeks ago, it all ha- started happening all out of the blue. Now, my phone's been working fine for the last two years, and then this update gets pushed and all hell breaks loose. So we'll stay abreast of that and uh, keep you posted. But apparently Apple says they're willing to replace batteries in the iPhone 6S within a tiny, small, marginal serial number range. <laughs> Whatever. It, it just take your phone to the store, make an appointment. I've got an appointment for Friday, I think, of this week, too. We'll see what they say. So I'll let you know what happens next week. Yeah, I'd be curious because if they say, like, well, sir, you need to just get an iPhone 7, you could be like, no, I don't because there are other people having this problem, and I will show you the article on your stupid phone right here that says, guess what? It's your problem. Fix yeah, it. Exactly. Fix it now. So we can't talk about Google and Apple without letting inviting Microsoft to the party. Um, they're going to still try and make another Windows phone, apparently. Why? I don't know. I, this isn't their forte. They're 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 really getting into the hardware game with some of the the VR devices and uh, the surfaces. And uh, it's interesting to see that they're coming out with their with yet another phone. The uh, they're calling it the what is it the Lumia 850? I think is what it is. Look, I Windows Phone. There are it is either love or hate. There are very few lovers of it, but there are people that use it. It's very popular in the corporate world because of the integration with the apps and all that. But all that stuff's available on iPhone as well. Yeah, this reminds me of when like BlackBerry was like, no, 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 we got this new BlackBerry, and everybody's like, no, 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 it's still BlackBerry. Yeah, there was a time when BlackBerry ruled the roost and was the phone. I mean, you had one, right? Uh, no, I never had a BlackBerry. Okay, there was a time when BlackBerry. But there was a guy in line at the airport the other day in 2016 that I saw that was using a BlackBerry, and it blew my mind. Wow. I didn't know that. But I just remember when everybody had one, and that before this was pre-iPhone, and everybody had BlackBerry, or they had the Trio, or whatever it was. I did have a Trio. I did too. But uh, the BlackBerry was the thing, and then suddenly it just disappeared. And then they were like, no, 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 here's the new Black, BlackBerry with the touch. It's the iPhone, but the BlackBerry. And I was like, great, no. No, hey, guys, remember us? We're still here. <laughs> yeah. No, come back. I think that's exactly. I think that's what's happening with Microsoft. Like, we make phones. Yeah. Shut up. We've Just got phones, too. Shut up. And I, I'm tired of downloading another 182 megabyte critical update for Word for Mac every <laughs> week. Stop it. Stop using Microsoft yeah. Word. 
Uh, well, the last big provider we have to include in this conversation is Amazon, ah. right? Uh, last little bit here in tech news. They have a new app that will give you x-ray vision into your packages. And the only question I can come up with is, why? Why would anybody want this? And I think you said something It was about... Uh, being able to see whether it was a Christmas gift so you didn't open that, it? Or- to, to me, that's like the application I would use it for. So <laughs> right now, we're in, we're in Christmas shopping season. We don't go to the store because you're not going to find the toy that you want because they're all gone, right? So what do you do? You just order everything on Amazon. But then six or seven Amazon boxes show up at the house on the same day, but you want to make sure that you don't open the box that has the present for the kids that you don't want them to see. So for me, X-Ray Vision app would be a perfect thing to use. <laughs> but again... Look at this app we have, but but when I when I have like a, a Blu-ray movie coming that nothing else, it's like I just want to make sure it's a Blu-ray that I ordered before I open the box. Like, why do you need to do that if you don't and it's not in there? You just call up Amazon or email them, whatever. And be like, I got the wrong one. They're like, okay, and they'll send you a new one. I just like it's cool, but it's it, I, I, don't, I don't see like I don't see multiple reasons to have it. I completely agree. I, it seems stupid to me, but uh, I saw something. Amazon's dropping a new thing. Amazon restaurants. Uh, to me, Amazon <laughs> fi- does a lot of fishing. They throw a lot of bait out there and see who, what, who bites, and it, they just trash it if they don't. They fail fast, and by, I, by the I way, appreciate that. I'm sure Amazon fishing exists somewhere. Uh, somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> All right, well, enough about that tech news gobbly goobly duke. <laughs> Let's talk about some TV and movies. So I went and saw Moana, the new Disney princess, bunch of songs by the guy that wrote Hamilton. And I'll tell you what, it's to me, it's frozen too, but it's on water that's not frozen. Oh my goodness. It's, it's that's great. That's strong words. Yeah, sir. it's, it's great. We've already got the soundtrack in the house. The kids are singing the music like it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's honestly, it's like living frozen all over again. Hang on. Let me load my revolver real quick. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I got two little girls and, and, uh, the, the princess character in this movie is a very strong female character and. If they look up to her and look up to what she's trying to do and how she, you know, perseveres, I get I'm, it. I'm all for it. And I'll tell you what, The Rock, who plays uh, who plays uh, Maui in the movie, is fantastic, and the guy can sing. Really, so I was really surprised. And I it, never would have guessed that. I, I'll tell you what, man. I know you're not into the Disney thing, but if I play a couple of these tunes for you, they're catchy and they're good. And, and I mean, the movie's cool. I wish I would have seen it in 3D, but the kids couldn't handle it. But uh, it's it's. It's directed by the guy that did uh, Aladdin and the Little Mermaid, so they know what they're doing. It's just it's a really powerful, fun, uh, girl power Disney movie, and it's it's just great. And I can't wait to see it again. You said Amy cried through it the whole time. She cried seven times. I actually teared up a couple of times, but it's anytime there's like a father daughter moment yeah. in a movie, it's like it gets me. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's if, if if whether or not you have children, if you do have children, definitely go. If you don't, it's it's worth a look. It's it's a good good movie. No, I'll, I'll definitely see that one. Um. Enough of that sappy shit. Rogue One's coming out yes. in two weeks. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's here. I uh, know. Oh, oh, shit. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done spasming. Rogue One tickets went on sale this week. Breaking news, I actually bought you a ticket, just so you know. What? Yeah, I did. So here's the deal. We have tickets. Uh, I have four tickets, me, you, Brad, and my wife, uh, for uh, December 16th, the night it comes out, at the Arclight, the Arclight in Culver City. I won't tell you what time because I don't want people to ambush us there. But uh, we have tickets for that. I may be working that day, so I might not get to go, but you still have a ticket. So, Horseshit. I'm not going without you. Here's the deal. This is the second highest grossing pre-order of sales of any movie ever, second, of course, to only The Force Awakens last year. It is tracking to make $130 million 
in its opening weekend. I think it will shatter that. Uh, it'll be close. But I, I think we're going to see an excess of $150 million, and I think if it exceeds expectations, cons- well, let's talk about opening weekend. That's what I think is. it could see a 150 opening weekend. I think it could approach... 500 maybe even get stupid and get up to a billion by the end of the year. Yeah, it won't it won't eclipse Force Awakens, but it's going to do really well. Yeah, it's going to do amazingly well. A couple uh, of quick things to note yeah. about it. The, some things that I've read. One of them maybe a spoiler, maybe. I don't know. But here's the other one. Uh, the big one is there will not be the classic Star Wars yellow opening crawl of words at the beginning of this movie. Disney has said so because they want to make 7, 8, and 9 stand out like a classic Star Wars saga. This is a Star Wars story. Not a piece of the Star Wars saga or something like that. So this will not have an opening crawl. And the other thing I heard, which is super cool and may or may not be true, is that this movie ends 10 minutes before Star Wars starts. How so cool. Princess Leia putting the, the Death Star plans into R2-D2. Sure, or she's on Tantive Four just before we see it when uh, the Star Destroyer is chasing yeah. it. And who knows? But if that's the case, and this movie literally leads up to that moment, and then you, if, if you're at home and you're watching on home video and you can put in Star Wars and it's 10 minutes after that, oh. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. You see that leading up to it. Yeah. It just cuts into it. Oh, that would be awesome. I am. I, I have not been this excited about a movie probably since Return of the King. Wow. Okay. Uh, maybe Prometheus you could throw in there as huge of a disappointment as that was. But leading up to a film, uh, ex- pre, preamble excitement. Yeah. I, I think this might turn into my favorite Star Wars movie. I'm saying that early, but um, I just, I, I, I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be fan freaking tastic. I'm on a full on like blackout at this point. I'm not watching TV ads. <laughs> I'm not watching the trailer again. I want to go into this as fresh as I possibly can. Maybe yes, knowing that there's not an opening crawl and there's not a, and it might be ending at 10 minutes, but I, I just, I don't want to know anything. I have that. Like, don't watch previews. Don't watch anymore. Right. Just like, like, let's just go in and be surprised and have fun with it. Right. Uh, speaking of highest grossing films, uh, Doctor Strange, we got a little bit more information on this week. Yeah, Disney is absolutely killing it with their intellectual properties that they've acquired over the last couple of years between Star Wars and Marvel as far as what it's done in the box office. Here's the deal. Doctor Strange is now the highest grossing single hero Marvel movie. So I think they just come up with new ways to be like, this is the... The on Sundays when it's 7 o'clock, you know, they come up with new ways to say they're the best yeah. at something. But... The, the takeaway is it's made something like $600 million. So this is now the highest grossing single Marvel hero movie. That means it's made more than Iron Man, made more than Thor, made more than uh, Captain America, the first one. Anything that doesn't have multiple Marvel heroes in it, so Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, anything like that, this is now the highest grossing. It's better. It's made more money than Iron Man 2. It's made more money than Hulk. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of surprising. And you still haven't seen it, but... When you see it, you'll understand why. All I can think of is like, this isn't a new thing. We've been doing this in baseball for decades. Right. Uh, this is uh, Joe Smith. He hits <laughs> yeah. 635 against left-handed pitchers that chew dip that tucked into their right cheek. Right. Yeah, all this crazy stuff. Right. You can twist and turn it anyway to make it sound like a positive, and that's certainly more of a marketing tactic than anything. But exactly. To, to say that it made more money than the Iron any of the Iron Man standalones, yeah. shit. As, uh, what about the Spider-Mans? Are we counting those? Uh, no, I think this is the Disney Cinematic Marvel Universe is, yeah, okay. is where we're at. Gotcha. So, uh, That's still Sony, <laughs> yeah. quote-unquote, right? Highest grossing movie if Ant-Man is sitting in the third row eating popcorn. You yes. know, like- <laughs> <laughs> With his mask on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, exactly. That's all that comes down to. Uh, a couple of big movie trailers dropped this week. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Kong, Skull Island. Uh that looks pretty pretty awesome, if I'm being honest. And John Goodman and 
Uh, fuck, who else? Uh, Tom Hiddleston was uh, yep. the other one that's in there, right? Kong looks amazing. He looks massive. Yes. And all I could think was Apocalypse Now. Yeah. When they were flying it yeah. in. It reminded me of the Apocalypse Now poster, uh, the, the poster that they're using for it, because you see the guys walking in, and you see the helicopters flying in, and you see the big sun yep. and some kind of silhouette of a thing. It just looks like the Apocalypse Now mo- cover. Yeah, it, it, the movie looks. Yeah, it looks. It looks fun. There's like there's like a John C. Riley like <laughs> like a goofy character, uh, whatever. But I mean, if you make a movie where there's a giant King Kong and people are shooting at him and he's destroying a bunch of stuff, I'll see it. Yeah, I mean, port. <laughs> he's so typecast at this point. That guy. Uh, anyway, Cars Three also dropped that, speaking of dark and fun and yeah it's it's 50, weird it's 57 seconds so this this was actually on before moana when we saw it right so i'm in a movie theater full of kids on a sunday morning and it's this 57 second thing and you see a bunch of cars whizzing by cars whizzing by right and you realize it's a pixar cars trailer and then you see lightning mcqueen go spinning by like he's in a wreck like this slow much rule 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 and then it's like and then it, the title card comes up and says like this changes everything it's like Dish. Cars three, and you're like, wait, is this a kids movie? And you just, <laughs> you just, you start to hear a bunch of kids being like, <laughs> like before the Moana movie, no, before the Happy Moana movie starts, you've got Meh. like, so yeah, next summer, uh, uh, Lightning McQueen's gonna die, kids or something, oh, right? God. Cars three, have fun, kids. Uh, the irony of this is that uh, we watched a few uh, kids react videos to the Cars Three trailer on YouTube before we started recording, and you know, as sick and twisted as it sounds, it's kind of hilarious to see kids get upset about this. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing, Pixar? What's going on over there? Why are you making this so dark? After watching Finding Dory two, and it's just kind of like, yeah, it's just sort of there. They made it, and after watching Monsters Inc. two or Monsters University, or whatever that was, and they're like, oh, let's just capitalize on it. If I'm okay, Cars Two was terrible. So if Cars 3 does something different, yo, Cars 2 is terrible. Uh, wow. If Cars 3 uh, does something to make me be like, huh, and it's actually interesting, okay, cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, then you have to get into judging, can I let my kids watch this? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, will it make more money than Doctor Strange if it's never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's move on to talk about some video games. Yes. Well, we can't talk about video games in this episode considering the date without talking about Black Friday and what happened. So I know that I went out and I bought, I think, at least three or four new games, including the Skyrim remastering, uh, Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2. All of these were on sale for like $25, $30 bucks, uh, compared to their normal $60 price. Uh, I've gotten Skyrim, but the other ones are going to trickle in. But uh, there was some interesting information that... The one thing I want to comment on first, before we get into that data point, um, there, you're going to throw some numbers out for the for the listeners uh, about sales numbers and stuff, but there, there's a point that I want to rant about for a second. Uh, it's not Black Friday anymore. No, it's not. Uh, a few years ago, they started doing like Thursday, we're going to open on Thanksgiving Day at 6 p.m., and then Best Buy was like, fuck you, we're going to open at 5 p.m., and then the, now this, no, we're going to do Black Friday all month. Yeah. The, the car dealerships... It, it's got to stop. And then, by, I mean, by the time we get to Monday, now it's Cyber Monday, and we're going to do early Cyber Monday deals on Sunday. And no, our Cyber Monday is going to run all week. Like, right. Like today is Wednesday, and I was still getting like, take advantage of these Cyber Monday deals. It's like, well, it's Wednesday. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't it's, a, it's supposed to be one day. It's in the rules. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. What's happening? The rules have changed. So, and, and I think that 
it directly affects the numbers that you're about to share because now they get to tout all our quote-unquote Black Friday numbers. It's not your Black Friday numbers. It's like touting an opening weekend that started on Tuesday. Exactly. And it fucking pisses me off, and I'm tired of this shit. Well, if this won't piss you off if you're a retailer, because this year, Black Friday became the first day in retail history to drive over $1 billion in mobile revenue. Mobile revenue, What's meaning mobile? everything's that were bought on a phone or a tablet. Yeah. $1.2 billion, according to an Adobe report of online sales. So overall, online sales brought in a record $3.34 billion and a whopping $5.27 billion when you include Thanksgiving Day. Now you're talking about extending that Black Friday Thanksgiving Day. But uh, Black Friday, $1.2 billion worth of retail. I'm assuming this is in the United States. Bought on your phone? Bought on your tablet? Why go to the store anymore? For the $400 TV that you might get trampled over? Forget it. I, I saw people fighting over bales of toilet paper. <laughs> there are literally videos on YouTube from Black Friday of this year of people in a Walmart mauling and trampling each other for big packs of rolls of toilet paper. I don't get it. I haven't done Black Friday shopping in 10 years. And every, I mean, I spent, the, I spent three solid days on Amazon and Target and Walmart.com and all those sites looking at everything and adding stuff to carts and then finally closed it all out at the end of the day on, on Friday. But I, I wouldn't dare go near a store. I, I'm, I'm loath to leave the house on Friday sure, just to be involved in any of that shit. Not to mention you could barely move from the meal you had the day before. Oh, God. But I, it, it, there must be some sort of like rush that people get out of that. Um, and I don't understand it. And if you understand it, uh, listeners, please fill me in because I just don't get it. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's a complete mystery to me. I'll never understand the anomaly that is Black Friday. But we took advantage of a lot of great sales. Yeah. We had a lot of good video games. Uh, I but, haven't played Destiny in about a month. Yeah. That, that's an interesting twist. Um, I have been playing Watch Dogs 2, however. Interesting. So I will say this. You will either you'll love this game or you'll hate this game. If you love open world kind of Grand Theft Auto games where everything is kind of out there, it's, uh, there's a lot of automation, there's people walking around, it is a living, breathing uh, ecosystem within itself. You're going to love this because not only it's a more mature Grand Theft Auto, what is what I'll call it. There's not a lot of, you know, uh, just random going around and killing. There's not a lot of the like prostitute and drug references that you get in Grand Theft Auto. Um, but there, so it's a more mature kind of version of that open world style. Also, you, it's, it's chock full of main story missions and side missions, arguably more than you can do it when what was in Grand Theft Auto. The difference is, is that instead of robbing and killing and heists and all of that stuff, you're doing um, what's like white hat hacking sort of stuff where you're going after. It's very based on the Mr. Robot and Fight Club and Anonymous and those kind of undertones that, that live within that kind of hacker community. But you're a hacker in a group, and you're going around trying to take down these corporations that are stealing and selling all of your data, your personalized stuff, right? So that's really what it's about, and I can't recommend it enough. Five stars from me. It, I absolutely love it. I've played it for almost two days straight and have just had an absolute blast, lost myself in that world. Yeah, I'll have to give it a look. Here's the thing. I played Watch Dogs 1 for about a half an hour. There was that uh, opening scene where you're in like a baseball stadium and you have to sneak out, and that was really cool. And then I got in a car and I just kept driving around in circles. I couldn't figure anything out. I was like, ah, forget this game. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to run around and like hurt people with my phone. Good job. You know, <laughs> I, I, no, you do have machine guns. You, you can uh, hurt people. Okay. Um, and, and if you're familiar with Grand Theft Auto, you're familiar with like opening up and setting waypoints, and it tells you which direction sure. to go and all that. So there is a little, little bit of a learning curve to get into it there, but 
Yeah, give it a shot because so you, it's really worth it. So you don't run around texting people to death? It doesn't no, have, okay. you don't text people to death. Okay. No, no. Here's the thing. So we, we got a bunch of video games this week, right? And uh, I had I had a couple of minutes uh, on Wednesday. I worked a ton leading up to Thanksgiving. And so I had this big stack of games of all the stuff that I've gotten recently. And I'm like, okay, I want to open up Battlefield 1. And now, uh, okay, oh, well, I got to wait and download 40 gigs of a file while the disk installs. All right, well, I guess while I'll do that, I'll try to play Halo 5. I haven't touched that one yet in a year. Let's put that in. 90 gigs. <sighs> 90 gigs. This really grinds my gears. So that's here. This is the thing we want to talk about this week. What is going on? I mean, what is the deal with the... With the <laughs> what's the deal with the crazy downloads when you buy a game? Uh, I don't... We've talked about this over the last few weeks. But not Passively much. and intermittently. Right. Let's, as almost like a nuisance kind of thing. But I really wanted to like dig into this one because it's come to a point where... I mean, last week, I think we talked, two weeks ago, we talked about uh, physical media being replaced potentially with uh, flash drives instead of CDs and how much the expenses and all that would be different. Uh, there's all that we talked about Jared, our friend, drunkaholic, uh, playing, going out and buying Overwatch and coming home and not being able to play because he still had to download 26 gigs of data even though he had the disc from the store that he bought. Which holds 47 gigs of information on a Blu-ray disc. So... What is the actual, yeah, WTAF, what the actual fuck is the point of having a disc anymore if everything you do, if if you can't put the disc in and play it, even if you don't want the updated material, the game won't let you play it because it kills all the network stuff. It says you have to do the update before you can launch it, yada, yada, yada. So one, the the PlayStation or the Xbox is, is repressing you from being able to actually start the game because you don't have the latest version. Somehow it knows what that is. Uh, Two, you've just gone out and bought a $60 game that is completely fucking useless. Completely useless if you don't have an internet connection, if you're not logging into their servers, if you're you're not letting them collect all of your gameplay data so that they can do whatever analytics they want to. And some of that's good stuff, but a lot of it is just more marketing stuff that they can you know, pat each other on the back with internally because that's what marketing does. How, t- to me, this directly affects gameplay. This directly, if- like if the four of us want to do something together, we have to wait for everybody to get the latest update and download it. And not everybody has 300 meg internet like we do. It might take us 15 minutes. It could take them an entire night, overnight. Yeah. Uh, I think this has a direct negative effect on gameplay. The ability to take a game disc over to your buddy's house and put it in and start playing like the old days. We used to take our Nintendo cartridges around and, hey, I'll bring my games over and we can play on your system. Yeah. That, those days are gone, and it really didn't start until about PS3, I think. Yeah. I mean, even at that time, you could go buy a disc and, and take it over to a buddy's house and play it. Yeah, Xbox 360 was the same way. Yeah. I think the disc based thing at this point has created the illusion or tries to create the illusion that we used to have of go to the store, buy the game, take it home, put it in console, start playing. Yes. It doesn't exist. Now, you, on the other hand, do not buy physical discs. Nope. You know when you're going to buy a game, you have to download it. Do you that's know just, why? That's a part of the process. I know why you don't buy physical discs. But what I'm saying is when, when you want to play a game, you click on that game on the screen without buying the disc, you wait to download it. Mm-hmm. And you download it, and that takes time too. So because even, you're going to have to do the exact same thing when you go out and buy your disc. So why do the extra? But step? that's the point. The point is there is no put the game in and just play it. That yeah. doesn't exist anymore unless right. unless you play your old Nintendo 64 or your old Nintendo Entertainment System and play Tecmo Bowl. 
That's the only way you can do it. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. I, I would. I don't understand why we have 47 gigs of information on a disc. We can't bring it home and it can't read off of the drive the game that we're about to play. Why does it have to install it to the hard drive? Explain that to me from a tech perspective, why that works. Is it just so they can generate all that stuff while we're playing the game? There's like It doesn't have to constantly – is there just too much information that the Blu-ray disc can't translate to the screen or something like yes. that? So it has to install the world so you can just see the things walk around in the world? I just don't, I don't get it. Do you know how this works? It, yeah. it's it's In the storage industry, we refer to it as read-ahead cache. Okay. Basically, what you're doing is you're buffering – ahead the textures and everything and the graphics that you're that the game thinks you're going to run into based on where you are in the world so if you and it, when you're doing that via the disc you really have to do that ahead of time or when you're racing around in a car it's going to just it, it'll be like trying to stream a tv episode with really shitty internet you'll get the buffer wheel okay all of that stuff doesn't work so a lot of this stuff gets downloaded to the hard drive because that's the that removes a layer of of access right this changes kind of the hardware requirements that we've seen evolve from these consoles uh, to where they are today, where we're getting one and sometimes bigger terabyte hard drives into these consoles. Why do you need that much storage? A one terabyte hard drive to play video games on? Yeah, because like you said, you have to download 47 gigs for this game, 90 gigs for Halo 5, all of this other stuff. And it's, it's, not, it's not even like you have an option to do it. Right. That's the other thing. I remember with PS3 and Xbox 360, you had an option to install the game so that you got the faster performance, right? You didn't have to swap the discs anymore. Now, it's become sort of pseudo-mandatory. Like, you, PS4 makes me do an update before I can even play a game anymore. Let me ask you this. So, you're, you're a PC gamer, right? Yeah. And, and, you've, and you've downloaded these games, and when, and, uh, when you... Let's say you went out and bought a Warcraft disc. Sure. Right? Same thing's going to happen, right? But that's okay because it's a PC and that's how PCs work. So, it does so, today. so I guess what I'm getting at is are the consoles now basically working like a PC? Yes. But we in our heads are like, no, it's a console. I want to put the game in. I guess I'm talking myself out of it or into it or whatever the argument we're trying to make is maybe we need to not look at these things as consoles anymore as the cartridge-based systems that we – because it's a PlayStation or an Xbox. We should just be able to play a game. These are basically small PCs, right? If you go buy a copy of Warcraft off the shelf at Best Buy and you install the discs – It'll do the installation for a little bit, and then what it's going to do is it'll have to do the update the exact same way as what you just did on the console. That has kind of been the standard in PC world for 10-plus years. What's happening now with the consoles, to me, is a little bit more disturbing because they are standalone. They are now required to be connected devices. You are required to update all of that stuff now, which does have its benefits for security, for patches, for bug fixes. All of that stuff is definitely weighed into consideration as a positive. Sure. But the my ability even if I want to give the finger to the bugs and, you know, tempt fate, I should still be able to play your game out of the box on a disc without having to be plugged into the internet. Right, and without having to then take all the information on said disk, put it on the hard drive of your console to, uh, to, to play it. That's neither here nor there, okay. in my opinion. The, the, whether it's on the disk or it's on the hard drive, you, there's still a further update that you have to apply and download. When you're downloading, you're downloading stuff from their servers. Right. That's not the process of the disk being put onto the hard drive, even though there is a little bit of that happening. When you, when it, you put your disk in, you install the game, quote-unquote, 
it's going out and doing downloading an update from their servers from Bungie to apply a patch to whatever you pulled out of the box. And there's a funny thing about that. There's already patches for games that you're buying on day one, which means the game that they have put in the case is still not finished. And you're downloading a patch to fix the bugs that are in the game before you ever play it on day one that it's released. Correct. So and that's a whole other problem. What does that say about the developers? It's just get the game out, get the pre-orders done, get the prices that you want, hit the release date, and then it's okay if it doesn't work. You're, it will be giving you patches all throughout the way. That doesn't work with a cartridge back in the day. It had to be. It was what it was. There was no update to it. That's the game you get. Yep. So maybe developers are getting lazy in a way just to hit a release date. I, I'm asking. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to use the word lazy because I don't think they're lazy. I think it's more they're more prone to let certain things get by, saying that they'll fix it in a patch uh, because they have. It's not just a release date, but they have to get discs manufactured, cases molded, everything shipped to the retailers, all that stuff. That happens. I'd say two months before right. the game's ever quote unquote released. Yeah. Uh, so that by the time they've that gives them two months to fix any known issues, so that when Andy Nelson brings a copy of Skyrim home, he puts it in his thing. It's gonna do whatever it needs to to install the game, and then it's also gonna force download an update saying that it's needed to be played. So my problem is the known issue thing. The known issue thing should already be done before you the game hits alpha. Is what I'm saying before it gets shipped. Period. And the, the the fix should be like, oh, you know what? That one guy, there's a wall you can walk through. We'll fix that. Not like a major patch that you get on day one. Right. You shouldn't be downloading 20 gigs. Right. Like <clears throat> Overwatch. <laughs> um, it, that should just not be happening. So I, I guess what this ultimately brings me to is let's let's have this conversation. Is physical media done? Like we we've we've pretty much gotten rid of it with films. We've pretty much gotten rid of it with TV shows. I don't. I don't know if I have a device. I have a. I had to dig in a box. I'm pointing to it over here. Nobody can see it, but I had to dig my CD player out so that I could pull pictures off of a CD that we brought back from our vacation from the pro photographers there. I. I, I don't have anything that natively has a CD drive anymore, right? Or a Blu-ray drive, other than my uh, consoles. Yep. Uh, is physical media done? And if so, are, is at least if not, is at least discs done? Are we down to flash drives now? Yeah, but I mean, do we even need those? Oh, I guess I guess we need those. But uh, I think yes, I think physical media is done. But I think there's people like me, and I think there's people like the people that still buy vinyl records and still buy um, Blu-rays. And there's just something about going to the that sort of sense of going to the record store, or going to the store, and getting that thing and looking at the cover, and then bringing it home and you know reading the liner notes or the insides of the of the game or whatever that would be, right? That that I think there's a there's a generation of people, and I might be at the tail end of that of people that are used to that. My children will have zero concept of that. Yes, we have a couple of DVDs lying around, but they don't go to the we don't go to Best Buy and they go rummaging around the movies and the cartoons and all that sort of stuff. No, we're at home and they're on the iPad and they're like, I want that, and they hit a button and they have it. They go to the Apple TV and they hit that. I want to watch that show. You know what I mean? So maybe you're right. I think physical media is done, but I think the problem is again, people like me are still latching onto that sort of idea of that's how it used to be. So it's a kind of a novelty days of your kind of it's it's not letting go of the past. Maybe yeah. I'm just from my own personal experience, and you know I I we we disagree on the whole um, buyback of games and and making money and you know getting your games for cheaper. Blah, well, blah, you blah. brought up something earlier blah, blah. about you know I only do digital downloads. The reason I do that is because I know that those titles don't cross over to the next generation of platforms. Right, and there to me there's. If I'm going to invest and buy a game, it's I'm going to own that game. Yeah, I, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I don't know if I don't really have a 
an interest in kind of shuttling games back and forth to a a, a place. So I, there's, I mean, speaking of getting rid of physical media and that concept altogether, I mean, GameStop uh, saw some holiday sales that uh, just the forecasts aren't looking good for these guys. We've talked about them also in the last month. And I just, I, I'm, I think this is a trend. Their numbers were down and, and, you know, I think we've said it before, but I think it's going the way of Blockbuster. I really in, do. In, in a weekend where we saw record smashing three and $5 billion numbers being thrown around for online sales, uh, GameStop saw a decline yep. and their forecast for the holidays are, uh, let's see, down five to 10% from what I'm reading here, uh, in the current quarter. Uh, translating into revenue of 3.17 to 3.35. Now, what was being expected was about 3.4 to 3.5 billion for the holiday season from these guys. So, if they drop down to 3.1 billion from 3.5, that is a massive, massive deal. Yeah, I mean, that's you're going to have to start looking at closing some stores. Yeah, at that point. And oh god, I just. I I wish these guys the best. They've been a staple in the gaming community for the longest of times. Sure. And I just I don't I I completely agree. I think they're going to go the way of Blockbuster unfortunately unless they figure out some trick way to do online I don't know, online purchasing or something, doing codes like Amazon does. For, for digital downloads. Amazon's already got the leg up on them too cuz they say like fine, you want to do pre-orders at GameStop, do pre-orders with us. It's 20% cheaper. You know, I mean it's 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 all money, unfortunately. It is all money, and uh, I, I think I think in summation, I think what's happening is like you said. Like you said, uh, physical media is going away. Uh, there is a problem with us still thinking that the consoles are consoles, and we can put a game in and play it. They are small PCs, no matter how you cut it. And when they start getting even more powerful, they're going to be more PC based. In fact, the Xbox Scorpio that's coming out next year is going to have the ability to upgrade its processing power and its uh, storage space. As you can, yeah, that's part of the deal with it. Wow. So okay. it's, it's built for the future, and you can constantly upgrade it to make it better. So essentially, it's a PC. Evergreen. Sure. Evercar, it's, right? a, it's a PC, right? Yeah, so, it, totally. You just swap out the processor and the hard drive, and you got a whole new thing. Well, cool. Let me ask you this. You said something about um, um, uh, hard drives or flash media. I mean, is it, does it make sense to, to put a game like a 90 – let's say you have a 90-gig game like Final Fantasy that just came out, right? Yeah. Can, can I just get a 128-meg flash card and put the game on that? Meg, no. Gig, maybe. Well, that's what I meant. Gig, uh, but it would hold all the information that's on that game, and because it's flash memory, would it play it better? I, I'm, I'm asking, and not have a spinning disc, and not having to. I, I don't. I don't understand the the process of the mechanics of, of that kind of thing. But it wouldn't make a big enough difference performance wise for you to notice a difference, right? One and two. Um, SSDs are there. There's care and feeding that has to happen to uh, solid state media, uh, including thumb drives, uh, especially when you're dealing with SSD hard drives. There's a lot of um, write protection and st- overwrite protection and whatnot that has to go on. There's a lot of cleaning and scrubbing, uh, zeroing of blocks, and all of that stuff has to happen on SSDs. And that requires additional software and operating system overhead to kind of take care of all of that stuff, and the consoles don't have that. That's not to say that they won't in the future. That's not to say that they're not capable of having it today. They just don't. So. Is it worth the premium price that you would pay for an SSD? No, because you're not going to take advantage of all of what yeah. you could take advantage of today. That, that was, could change. That was my stab at, okay, well, if the Blu-ray doesn't work as the physical media in these consoles and we want to keep doing this physical media console thing, is that the next step? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. doesn't matter. I guess, I guess to me the most disappointing thing, and this is kind of how I'll wrap it up, is 
let's say little Jimmy gets his Xbox S, Xbox One S on Christmas Day in a couple of weeks, right? And he wants to play the latest copy of Madden Football. He's been waiting to have Madden Football or whatever it is for two months or whatever since he put it on his Christmas list, right? And he's going to get that. He's going to open the box. He's going to turn on that box, and he's going to have to wait hours to play that game. Well, this, this that, is a- that to me is sad. This it's isn't anything set. new. This has been going on the past two or three I, years. I get it. I get it. But I've just kind of all put it, put it all in perspective as we've been talking about it. And, I, it. and I've just kind of accepted the fact that, like, okay, I'll put the game in. I'll have to wait a long time to play it. My wife jokes about it. It's like, oh, another update? Oh, another update? Oh, another update? You know? It's just too bad. It's too bad. Well, what you're talking about, though, I mean, it's it, that happens every Christmas. Yeah. Specifically. All the kids get the new consoles. And they have to sit there and wait. Remember, I've told my story about my Xbox experience, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Five, four to five hours before I actually got to move the sticks and play a game. And that was, that was on 300 meg internet on an off-peak day. I can't imagine the, the kind of pounding that those networks take on, uh, on Christmas Day. It's absurd. <sighs> I, I've set up probably 10 different PS4s and Xbox Ones in the last two, three years just for friends, kids. Uh, and, and it's all just miserable, miserable download times. And not to mention the fact that there's usually some kind of Christmas zero day attack that takes that DDoS attacks yep. that take down the networks or make them run really, really slow on top of the additional workload that they're getting from all the kids. So look, I, I think ultimately there's two things that are going to happen that are going to come out of this. I think discs are going to go away, whether that's going full digital downloads. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, I think Blizzard has even gone that route now. With the PC games, they have their Battle.net downloader, which is basically a central management console to manage and download all your games and update everything. Works fantastically. But I think if you bought a copy of Warcraft today, there'd be no discs in it, just a code. Yep. And you put in the code and you download it through the client. Uh, I think the other thing is if we do still stick to a physical media, we're probably going to move away from spinning discs and go to a thumb drive. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if the next-gen consoles adopt USB-C. Uh, that would be a interesting thing after we've seen Apple really push that over, push that boulder over the mountain. I'd mm-hmm. like to see where that goes eventually, because uh, that could open the door to all kinds of things with like Thunderbolt three, all kinds of exciting speeds. You can now get forty gig a second over a USB C connection, and then you could run faster drives. And you, maybe you have a whole daisy chain of drives that are holding a bunch of different. Who knows where this could go? Right to me, this is an interesting spin on hardware requirements and how the game development community begins to clean this up and make this a more friendly user experience because what they have today is it's it's not ideal if i'm being honest with you the the last thing i want to say is um gigabit internet is for real uh it's coming i think it'll be majority of households within five years uh, I think it'll start rolling out in the major metro areas within the next two to three years. AT&T's got Gigamon, gig- gigabit internet service. My parents, they've got the DirecTV, and they're going to have the AT&T gigabit and home phone for $159 a month. Okay, so explain, All three of those. explain to everybody what gigabit is. It's 1,000 megabyte per second. That's ridiculous. So, t- Sorry, megabit. 1,000 megabit per second. Today, you and I have the Time Warner Ultimate 300 megabit triple that uh so when you're talking about streaming you're talking about doing direct tv now so all of that going on plus you got the kids on the devices you got uh connected homes all of that stuff that's going to continue to evolve so lights and door locks and thermostats and all of that stuff your microwave and your toaster are going to be programmable eventually sure all of this stuff is going to require bandwidth 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 
And I think it's going to be in the majority of homes within the next five years. It's a very real thing. I've seen 600 to 800 megabit per second speed tests in homes already. It's, it's a real deal, and it's, it's coming very, very fast. I'd also watch out for Verizon to do their uh, upgrade for Fios. I think they're working on it right now, but we haven't seen it yet. So Verizon's going to have Fios. AT&T's got Gigamon. Whatever Charter Spectrum ends up doing, I think they could very easily just turn the knobs up on everybody once they get the infrastructure in place. But the that's going to have a direct effect. The, the Having that kind of speed is going to have a direct effect on the entire gaming industry when it comes to things like the, the Steam boxes, the physical media, whether you need it anymore. Yep. If you tell me I can download 50 gigs in 10 minutes, I don't need a disc anymore. Yeah, maybe that doesn't make this problem that we're talking about so bad. Yep, makes it all go away, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk about a, a fun thing that, that I, I heard about uh, to kind of wrap up the show. I got two things. But uh, in Japan, apparently, Domino's for the Christmas season is setting up a service that will have reindeer deliver your pizza. Huh? Wouldn't you move to Japan just to see this once? Because I would. No. I just, no, you, know, you wouldn't want to have a reindeer deliver your pizza? I, mean, I, I would move to Japan to see it, but I, I'd, go, I'd visit. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll visit Japan because I want to see that happen. To me, uh, that's actually, a, I don't know if I'd want to buy the flights during Christmas time, but anyway, go on. Still, I just think it's a great idea. Why don't we think that's of stuff fantastic. like that? Why don't we think of stuff like that? Because we wouldn't control it and there'd be rednecks out there shooting them. Uh, good point. Here's the other fun thing. We were talking about Rogue One earlier, right? So Regal Cinemas, one of the largest chains in the United States, has announced that there will be a special collectible ticket giveaway for Rogue One that will allow 1,000 lucky Star Wars fans who are chosen as the winners to see Rogue One every day the film remains in theaters. It's like a card you get. It's like your Rogue One pass, and you can go as many times as you want. Why? But it's still cool. I don't know. But that I just think that's just well, interesting. All I can think of is Willy Wonka. Because I've got that golden <laughs> ticket. Yeah. yeah. Exclusive offer is only available at Regal to get the ultimate ticket and see Rogue One every day while the movie is in theaters. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know if it's like a luck of the draw thing. I just, oh, wait. Uh, you could purchase the limited edition laser etched black metal card for $100. Apparently, those went on sale on Monday, and I'm sure they're all gone. So if you got one, you can go see Rogue One every day. <laughs> Which brings us to the lightning round. Lightning round. Okay. So would you, would you even go see a movie as many days as it is in theaters if you didn't have anything else to do? I don't think I would. But here's the lightning round. Name movies in your life that you've seen more than once in a theater. Go. Spider-Man 2. Right. Um, seven. Yep. Um, the first Transformers. I saw, I think, four times because actually I went on dates. Yep. You saw, you saw Two Towers twice with me. Two Towers twice with you. Uh, I know I saw Return of the King a couple of times. Um, Prometheus, I saw more. I saw twice, just two different people. Um, yeah, what are some of yours? Well, I remember I worked in a movie theater, so I did this a lot. So okay. pretty much anything that came out in the 90s. We're talking Tombstone, Heat, Armageddon, Jurassic Park, Fifth Element. Yes. Uh, anything that came out in the 90s, I saw twice. Uh, more, more you recent- must have been busy in 1994. Was, that was like a big year for oh, movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, obviously any Star Wars release that's come out, so since they did the re-releases of Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi, I saw those twice at least. Uh, I saw episode one, two, three. I saw seven, I think, five times. Uh, one, two, and three, I saw at least five times. I watched, when episode two came out, I saw it three times in one day. Where did you go see The Force Awakens five times? Well, I saw it once with you. I yep. saw it once on opening night. I saw it once again in D-Box. I saw it once again in uh, uh, 3D again. And then I saw it once again one other time. I forget which one it was. And I, uh, uh, three of those times I went by myself. Hey, I'm a Star Wars fan. I admit it. I admit it. I admit it. But like, here's the, here's the bet. Who will see Rogue One more, you or me? Probably you. Yeah, probably me. But probably still, you. But still. 
I'm excited to see it with you. Oh, uh, we're gonna have a blast seeing that stuff. Um, I just I don't know what else there is to look forward. Passengers. Yeah, but that's Christmas. That's Christmas Day. So what's going to be interesting? And I'll I'll, I'll I'll just one note that just popped in my head. It's interesting to me they didn't wait till Christmas Day. I think it's very strategic and it's very smart. Rogue One? To, Rogue One. Okay. To drop it on the 16th, two weeks before Christmas, because you do have some three or four pretty big movie titles that are coming out Christmas Day. Sure. You've got the new uh, Why Him with Brian Cranston and James Franco. It's going to be the big new comedy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Fences, I think, is Christmas Day, isn't it? Fences? Fences is Christmas Day. Passengers is Christmas Day. Uh, oh gosh, I'd have to go look them up. By but way, my point none, is, none of those are Christmas Day. By the way, they're going to come out on the twenty third, which is the Friday. Christmas is actually on the a Sunday Tuesday at midnight or whatever the hell. It sure. Is. Anyway, the point is, I think they're going to. There's two things. There's a count point counterpoint here. Did they do the right thing by releasing it early? Absolutely. Is it going to run its course by the time it gets to Christmas Day, giving way to in the box office positions to the new films of Christmas Day, um, or where they could have pretty much dominated that for the next month, which I still think they'll be very, very high up for at least a month. But I, I just don't know where where that strategy comes into play to do it on the 16th. Yeah, I will bet that uh, passengers will never make more in a weekend than Star Wars uh, Rogue One, not at once. I think it will own the theaters probably all the way into, fe- into February. I agree with that completely. But uh, I will say this. I'm glad you're back. It is good to be back in the mic with you. It was oh, good yeah. to go to a Kings game with you. This has been a lot of fun as usual. Um, I have enjoyed myself uh, over these last 12, 13 weeks, and I can't wait to do more with you. I can't wait to uh, to talk to you all at home. I am Andy Nelson. You will find me at AndyNelson76 on Twitter. And I am Nick Howell. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And if you like this show and other episodes that we're doing, leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think. Love to hear your feedback and integrate that into the show. And until next week, later! Bye!